Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good morning, good evening, folks. It's the one and only notorious glorious to be the Grill Economist. Uh, back to you again on Wednesday. Uh, for those that don't know, the new program schedule is going to be um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, right here on Patreon, exclusive content, unbridled, unfiltered, unrestricted, the gorilla, the monetary monkey of mayhem, giving it to you straight and raw uh, with a full dose of sarcasm. <laughs> And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'll be on Rogue because uh, i got to keep that alive and i got to figure out what to do. We are rebuilding it uh, in time. A lot of the our old faces will return. And it won't be the uh, the broken shit show that it is right now. Anyway, uh, that's a side topic. But um, anyway, let's get into it, guys. Let's get into it. Repo men and repo rates. The Federal Reserve is the repo man. He's a repo man. So, we've been hearing last couple of um, last couple of uh, you know days. It's been everywhere. It's the yield curve, the negative yield curve, the repo rates. Oh my God! The, the Fed's going to do another repo rate. Um, you know they're going to do another repo operation in the middle of the night. It sounds like you know covert. It sounds like. You know, special ops like, oh my god, it's a repo rate, oh my god. You know, we need to get this done, so to speak, and uh, and whatnot. So people are wondering what the hell is the bloody repo rate, and what does it mean, man? What does it mean? Well, I'll tell you exactly what it means. And um, there's this thing, and, and, and again, this is part of the larger play that I've been saying for years now, folks. You know, it's like the world woke up today, and they're like, oh, there's a liquidity crisis. Oh, my God. Oh, the liquidity crisis. We've been in a liquidity crisis since the early aughts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, the purpose of bubbles is to stave off the normal, natural result of what would happen when there is, in fact, a liquidity crisis. The function of bubbles is to stave off that which would naturally occur in a normal market if market forces were at play. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. We've been in a liquidity crisis since, oh, I'd say the 2000-2001. It's been exacerbated by the 2008 collapse. Nothing was really fixed, fundamentally, from the 2008 collapse of the markets. We've been in a depression. 
We've been in stagflation, excuse me, stagflation since 2008. But yet, the manipulated metrics that have been doled out by the establishment day after day, month after month, year after year, has put, has inoculated, has given a false sense of comfort to many people that are in the public, as well as many investors worldwide. And we are in a situation, folks, where that old saying applies. Fools rush in where angels fear to tread. And that is exactly where we are. We are in the market of fools. And I've always said that, you know, the the, the greatest advantage that you could do is take advantage. Leverage the fool's market. Leverage liquidity out of the fool's market. Let it be the very thing that that is going to supply for your family. Take care of your bills and possibly even make you work for yourself. Stay home. Be, that'd be nice, right? You just stay home and trade all day. That'd be awesome. And so the world is waking up to the fact that, oh, my God, the Fred's going to do another overnight repo. <gasps> what does that mean? Oh, my God. And people are wondering, what the hell's a repo? It sounds, sounds invasive. Well, it is. You see, in the bubble fake mar- market... In the dubious, the dubious, ridiculous thing, there's no other way to describe it, but a thing that we that passes for a quote-unquote market in this country. You need all sorts of funny doodads and creative inventive ways. One of those creative inventive ways is having a targeted federal funds interest rate. And in this case, that interest rate is pegged to about 2 to 2 and a quarter percent. And, the, and, and what that simply means is that is the target that is given as an overnight rate for interbank lending. Now, what the hell does that mean in plain English? Well, the banks don't have enough money to meet their quote-unquote minimum Fed requirements. Now, what are the minimum requirements? The banks are supposed to have X amount of money in their coffers in order for them to, quote-unquote, stay solvent. If they don't have X amount of money, they have to have they have to lend, they have to borrow that money from the Federal Reserve Open Market, from the FMOC. And the way the FMOC targets that, that, that cost, that actual cost of lending back and forth at 2%, anywhere between 2 to 2 and a quarter. Any rise in that will really any rise in that rate will really exacerbate the market, cause it massive upheaval, uh, upheavals, and the bloody insolvent zombie banks that are so bloody insolvent and over leveraged to the hilt. You know, people talk about oh, you know Chinese banks are over you know over leveraged forty five trillion. Dude, we're over leveraged two hundred trillion when you really start doing the real accounting and the math. The real accounting and the math. So. So, they got to have that target rate. So, any rise, they can't afford it. Banks will go and solve them. They'll go bust the next day. They're done. They're finished. They're, they, they can't lend. They can't give money out. They are absolutely screwed. Okay? That's how fragile the system is. 
So the Fed, as part of its policy, jumps in there. Okay? So they set a target for the federal funds interest rate. And they attempt to hit that target every single night by buying and selling U.S. Treasuries. You know, that's what they do. And the way the rate is, the way that works is this. The Fed doesn't have one simple brokerage that it deals with. It, it deals with thousands, hundreds, whatever. How many people that want to buy and sell, they deal with it. And the way it works is the Fed buys the issued bonds. And the promise to partake in the FMOC is that the third-party person, the third-party institution has to buy it back. So the Fed buys, and then the other the other institution promises to buy it back from the Fed. And then there's a 2% interchange fee, and that's how this whole entire beautiful thing takes place. It's not beautiful, it's actually a crap show. I mean, I want you to think about this. The entire Fed fund rate, the entire thing that is holding banks as quote-unquote solvent is U.S. government debt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. I mean, I I sleep so well at night knowing that. You should sleep so well at night that every night there's a tripwire. And these idiots know this. And typically on a given day, it's not a problem. But we are in such a crisis mode that all of a sudden, boom, there's the liquidity taken out, right? The liquidity is gone. And then on top of that fact, people say, well, V, if this is happening, how are we going to hit down 29,000? Trust me, the only, the only man left standing here is Wall Street. <laughs> the only thing left is the imaginary house of cards. And that's how you know it's going to be Wall Street. Folks, what the FMOC signals is that U.S. banking institutions and the entire banking system is far worse than any banana republic in any any quarter of the world, any part of the world. It is a revelation. It is literally a look behind the cloak of the emperor Realizing the emperor is completely naked. It is a peeking under the dress, noticing that the Fed is not what it says it is. That the U.S. banking system, the economy, is a farce. This is something that real countries with real economies have known for quite some time. This ain't known to the average Joe Blow on the street who thinks is everything so wonderful and open and regulated and so honest and transparent. <laughs> it's the happy horse shit. That they're peddling out to people. That makes them think that everything is a-okay. I want you to think about that. Just digest this a little bit. The only thing keeping banks solvent is the hope and the reality that the Fed is there to buy the stupid U.S. government securities, basically government debt, and the hope that somebody else is there to buy the U.S. government debt. If that doesn't happen, then we're screwed. How did this happen? Well, it goes back to 2008. In 2008, we had TARP. In 2008, that's when we had this wonderful thing, folks, where we 
privatize the profits and socialize the risk. And one of the deals with TARP, because the banks are bloody insolvent, they don't have the tens of billions of dollars. Heck, you can't even go down to your local bank and say, hey, could I have like $5,000 taken out of the bank in cash? A third, you'd have to come back tomorrow. We don't have that kind of money. Get it. We gotta order it, sir. And I want you to think about that for a second. Right? I want you to think about that for a second. Uh, we are in a position. We're in a position where the only thing that is solvent, or the hope of solvency, is the U.S. government debt. So, part of the TARP deal, folks, was that the banks have to pass. You ever wonder how they got around the fact of all the derivative debt? Everybody's wondering, wait a minute, we had $1.5 quadrillion in derivative debt. Where the hell did it go? Where the hell did it go? And now, all of a sudden, the, the most toxic, most you know, ravaged, destroyed zombie institutions, okay, are now, all of a sudden, they're not the zombie institutions anymore, or, or, or as it appears to the public. What the hell did they do with all that derivative debt? They said, oh, they paid it down. Bullshit. Bullshit. If you think that they paid that down, I have a bridge in Brooklyn, and it's a quite nice historic one, to sell you. Okay? I bet you a large Lombardi's pizza, a large Lombardi's pizza pizza pie, which is the best damn bloody pizza in the entire world. If you're ever in New York, you got to go to Lombardi's. It is the first pizzeria ever in the United States. Started in 1910. And that brick oven is still, that coal-fired brick oven is still there and still cooking out pizzas like you would not believe. Amazing. 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 The pizza's so good, makes you want to slap your mama. That's how good it is. So good. I bet you a Lombardi's large pie that they didn't write anything down. The way they got around it is fancy accounting gymnastics. Fancy accounting gimmicks. Where they were ordered by the government. Where the banks were ordered to hold on to government debt. And now government debt becomes a viable, valuable AAA security, which is BS, it's really not, right? That they can use to puff up their books in order for in order to make the banks look solvent. This is the game that's being played. Okay, so when there's bond dumping going on overseas, when there's de-dollarization going on overseas, how do you think that plays out with the repo market? Do you think they'll be affected? Yeah. Do you think it'd be affected when the biggest biggest buyers of of uh, of American debt don't show up to the party? Do you think it'll be affected? Do you think it'll be affected if the biggest buyer of American debt, uh, you start sanctioning them? Do you think that'd be affected? Do you think it'd be affected if the biggest buyer of American debt, uh, you all of a sudden start, uh, you know, uh, swim, you know, sending naval ships up to their area, into their territories, into traditional, traditionally controlled territories that belonged historically to them, that you can't, that you might piss them off. You think you think they might be. Uh, uh, a little upset. You think that could upset a few apples? You think you think they'd show up to buy your bonds? Huh? I mean, you, you have right now a major deal. If you don't think the dollar, if you don't think de-dollarization is not happening and the dollar is not where it used to be, there is a severe, severe, catastrophic loss of credibility that this country is suffering globally and has been suffering since two thousand and eight. People think it's because of Obama that we've lost credibility. No, it's because of Wall Street. That you've lost credibility. Obama is a symptom to a far greater problem. Wall Street's ruined you. Wall Street's pilfered your wealth. Wall Street's destroyed 
this country. Crony capitalism. Cartelism. Corporatism. That is what's wrecked us. Think about that for a second. Did you know they just passed yesterday that uh, all the co-conspirators, the Justice Department said that all the co-conspirators of Jeffrey Epstein just, were just given a free pass. They're not going to be prosecuted. Did you, did you hear about that? <laughs> Business as usual. Did you hear that a New York judge today ruled that Jeffrey Epstein accusers that are trying to get something out of his estate were denied that today? They were denied that today? Did you know that? indivisible with liberty and justice for none or justice for some like where the hell are we man I mean seriously this is like clown world but we are the ultimate clown world and we sit here I'm always serious there it is Siri's Siri's acting up again now stupid Apple phone ugh anyway I'm convinced Siri is the stupidest, dumbest digital assistant. But that's that, that's another. That's a whole other topic. Anyway, anyway, this is where we are. the The Fed rate. They're all freaking out about it, right? They're all freaking out about it. So the FMOC, the Federal Open Market. <clears throat> Committee establishes a target. Okay, folks, they establish a target rate. Like I told you before, two to two, two and a quarter percent. And the stupid banks, the zombie banks who, in front of you, like to tell you that, hey, man, you know what? We are solvent. We are good to go. We're ready to support you. Blah, 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 blah. The banks take the overnight loans to ensure that they have necessary funds to meet the reserve requirements. They take those loans. Now, the federal funds rate is very, very key. Very key. All right? So if there's any sort of movement, any hiccups, any herky-jerkies that tends to occur with the federal funds rate, Like, that rate kind of goes up a little bit. Like, no one's buying the security. Nobody shows up to the securities party. And the Fed doesn't have a dance partner. What if all the dance partners... See, it's like musical chairs, right? Each chair is a peg of credibility. Each chair is a, is a peg and a promise of, of a return on profit as a promise to actual functioning, real healthy business. That's what each chair is. But you start removing the chairs, then you don't have a party anymore. Right? But in this case... The chairs are not, you know, the people are not dancing around the chairs. In this case, the chairs are the very institutions that are coming to buy the securities. So all the Fed member banks are dancing around in the hopes that these, these chairs are there in order for them to sit in. But what happens when there's less and less dance partners? What happens when there's less and less people showing up or less and less chairs that are involved in the dance? That could affect the rate. If that rate rises, 
home rates rise, car rates rise, loan rates rise for automotive loans, mortgages, and the entire lending sector is affected. And it's because of this also, folks, since 2008 that they've been caught up in the LIBOR scandal as well. $800 trillion in loans affected by the LIBOR scandal. The banks are doing everything they can to rig the system. They're doing everything they can to play the system. It's incredible. It's incredible. They got to go in there. They got to buy and they got to inject 50 billion. To, to, this morning, they injected 50 billion into the market. That's a huge problem, man. That's a huge problem. Because this is showing you that, once again, the emperor has no clothes. This is showing you, once again, how dangerously thin we are. And the only stupidity left is this. You got to understand, you know, people say, well, V, in, 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 the, in, the, in the loo of this great and grave fundamental reality... What's going to happen to the market? The bond market is, it will implode. Lending rates will go higher. And they're going to do whatever they can to intervene to stop that from happening. So if they can't get what they need to get out of the, FMOC, uh, the, the FOMC then they're going to get it from the NYSE, the New York Stock Exchange. That is the only play left. And why do you think, I want you to think about this, this, this overnight rate thing is a, is a major issue. Which is why also, the overnight bank rates, the LIBOR scandal, the FMOC, which also led to the phenomenon that we've seen in Switzerland and in Japan where central banks are buying equities. They're buying stocks. Why? Folks, what, I've, what have I been saying for quite some time now? They are chasing the yield. They are chasing the yield. They are chasing whatever liquidity they can get. And now we're to a point where, where, a, bloody stock, where a bloody central bank could have up to 60% of a stock market, like in the Bank of Japan. Absolutely savage. And even with all the injection yesterday, the Fed rate was anywhere between two and a quarter to 2.6. And all that means that Liquidity shortages with banks are starting to continue. Banks are waking up this morning. They're firing up their computers and there's no money. There's no lending money out there. There's no operating capital out there.
Unbelievable. And today, this morning, 8.15 a.m. in New York, the Fed began its second repo operation. And then the repo rate soared to about 2.8. And for the third day, the overnight funding rate is at 2.8%. That means the secured overnight financing rate, or the SOFR, is at five and a quarter. Five and a quarter. We're talking about volatility galore, folks. Volatility galore. Interesting, interesting. Very interesting, to say the least. And many people are also saying that the the SOFI, or I'm sorry, the SOFR could be the next LIBOR replacement. Because it's the next rigged thing, folks. It's the next rigged thing. The only good news is that you know Trump is not going to go to war. He's not going to be pulled into war because these guys, the powers that be, the deep state are trying to drag us into war. Thankfully, Trump is averting that. It's not perfect. Nothing's perfect in this world. What a predicament we're in. Epstein gets away scot-free. Whether he's dead or alive, I don't care. His accusers, nobody investigates or they've given a free pass. Um, we had some JPM guys go to jail the other day. That's good, but who cares? They're just middle managers. They're nobody. That's not going to stop anything. It's all business as usual, folks. It's all business as usual. What a great time to be alive. And every night we go to sleep hoping that the dance partners of the Fed show up to the dance. They show up to the dance. Because I'll tell you right now, the the thing that's going to kill us. See, when you back up your currency by nothing, and when you back up your currency with nothing but perception, the thing that go, that's going to kill your currency and eventually destroy your country and your economy is that people stop believing the BS. Is that people start waking up to the facts. People start realizing who and what you are. And that's where we are today. We are facing, as a nation, a very major credibility crisis. It's going to be interesting what's going to transpire in the next few days. Very interesting indeed. With that being said, this is the gorilla. And I'm out.